Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Avery After Dark, and I am your host, Avery Ross. And this is episode two of Tell Me a Scary Story. Three short, scary stories that will leave you with chills. Be sure to share this with friends, family, whoever you know that needs a little spookiness in their life. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and give it a like. And if you're here on the podcast, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And now, let the goosebumps commence. Do you remember when you were younger and your parents hiring a babysitter to look after you? Sometimes it was fun if you had a good babysitter. Other times you just couldn't wait for your parents to get home. As you'll hear in our first story, Louise had a terrifying encounter one afternoon that has haunted her ever since. This is the babysitter. When I was in sixth grade, my mom worked the evening shift at a local restaurant it was just the two of us since my dad had passed away a few years earlier. She didn't like the hours, but we really needed the money. I was 12 and insisted that I was old enough to be home alone, but my mom still thought that I needed a babysitter. Most of the time, it was my neighbor Sally. Sally was in her 20s and was in college. I liked her. She would braid my hair and we'd watch funny movies together. Sally would already be at my house at 4 when the bus would drop me off and she would stay until my mom would get home around 9. But this particular week, Sally was out of town for spring break with some friends and my mom hired someone else to babysit. As I got ready for school that Monday, she told me, So Louise, the babysitter will be here when you get home just like Sally usually is. Her name is Renee and she comes highly recommended by a friend at work. I talked with her over the phone last night and she's really excited to meet you. I'll be home as usual around 9 tonight. Okay mom, sounds good, I said back. After school that day, I got off the bus and made it to my house. I walked through my front door to find it empty. Hello? Renee? I asked as my voice echoed throughout the house. It was complete silence. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a figure outside in the backyard. An older woman with long gray hair wandering around the back by my mom's garden. Must be Renee, I thought to myself. I figured she got bored waiting for me and went outside to look at my mom's roses. I walked through the house and swung the back door open. Hi, Renee. I said as the woman slowly turned around. I'm home, I'm Louise. The woman smiled at me and said, Hello, Louise. Hi. My other babysitter and I usually have a snack after school. I'm going to make a sandwich. Do you want one? I asked her. The woman nodded and slowly walked towards me. I stepped into the kitchen and pulled out the bread as she came inside and closed the door behind her. As I started fixing us sandwiches, I saw out of my peripheral vision that she just stood there, watching me. Usually, Sally would help. She was the babysitter, after all. But this woman was really starting to weird me out. Every time I tried to talk to her or ask a question, she would only nod or shrug. I passed her her plate, and she immediately began cramming the sandwich in her mouth. Strange, I thought. I'm gonna go sit in the family room and do some homework, I told her. I went in and sat down on the couch, kind of hoping she'd stay in the kitchen because there was something really off about this woman. Being around her, I just felt uneasy, and I wondered why my mom would even hire her. I opened up my book when I suddenly heard what sounded like all the cupboards in the kitchen opening and closing. 
as if she was looking for something. Do you need help finding anything? I yelled out. No, she said back, almost in a playful way. And then silence. I went back to reading when I couldn't shake the feeling that she was standing right behind me, watching me. I whipped around to see her peering at me from behind the door frame. She then slowly smiled and eerily disappeared back into the kitchen. I then heard her voice say, Let's play hide and seek. Come find me. I got chills all over my body. There was something really off about this woman. When suddenly the phone rang, I walked over and picked it up. It was my mom. Hi, mom. Hi, Louise. I'm on the way home, she said. Why? I thought you had to work, I asked. I got someone to cover my shift after Renee called and told me, she said. I paused for a second. Uh, Told you what? I asked. That she wasn't going to be able to babysit. She had car trouble. She's stuck on the other side of town, my mom said. What? I said, confused. No, the babysitter's here. The older woman? Long gray hair? She's in the kitchen right now. My mom's tone immediately shifted. Louise, get out of the house right now, she said. Why? What's going on? I asked, getting nervous. Honey, Renee is 25 years old. That older woman, I don't know who that is. But she isn't the babysitter. Get out of the house now, run next door and wait there, she said. My eyes darted to the kitchen, where I heard the old woman slowly start to laugh. I quickly ran towards the door, flew it open, and ran across the street to my neighbor's house. I rang the doorbell, and they let me wait inside until my mom got back. A few minutes later, she did. She, along with my neighbors, searched the house, but whoever that woman was, she was gone. My mom called and filed a police report. They, too, checked the house, but couldn't find her anywhere. I remember falling asleep that night, petrified that she was still somewhere hiding in my house. Where did she go? I wondered. Why was she in the backyard, and what was she planning to do with me when we played hide-and-seek? It really scared me that she knew where we lived. I'm in my 20s now and still have nightmares about her. Her smile, the way she watched me, and knowing that she's still out there, somewhere. To have something like that happen and know the person is still out there? Nightmare fuel. Our next story was a night that was supposed to be about one thing. Fun. When Sadie set out for a party with her friend, she thought she was in for a night to remember. And it was. But not for the reason she thought. This is Highway 13. It was a Friday night in October, and I picked up my friend Paige from her house. We were heading down to a farm party. For those of you who don't know, in the Midwest, people have farm parties. Someone's family owns a farm outside of the city, and everyone heads down to drink and have fun. You get the idea. We were juniors, and a really cute senior guy with even cuter friends was throwing a party at his family's property. I had never been to his place before, but his parents were out of town that weekend, and he was going to throw a big, huge bonfire for everyone. We had been looking forward to this party all week. We left around 8 p.m., jumping in my mom's huge SUV I borrowed for the night. It was dark when we pulled onto the highway. Paige was ahead of directions and said it was just 20 minutes or so down Highway 13. That highway is pretty desolate. As you can imagine, mostly small farmhouses surrounded by woodland. And as we kept driving, it got darker and darker as we got further away from the city lights. 10 minutes down the road turned to 20, and 20 turned to 30. Uh, how much longer? I thought we'd be there by now. I said. Paige looked down at her phone and said that she must have underestimated how far it was. Oh, shoot. I think it's another 30 minutes down the highway, 
she said. I started feeling weird about the whole thing. I'm no wimp, but I had never been this far down that highway. I didn't know where I was going, and it was getting creepy. There was no sign of anyone for miles. I thought this party was close, but an hour out, I started to feel like maybe I wanted to turn back. I don't know, Paige, this is pretty far. I'm not sure if I want to go, I said to her. Oh, come on, it'll be fun, she pleaded with me. I'm sorry, but I think I'm going to turn back home. We can do something else, maybe catch a movie, I asked her. I could tell that she was upset. Oh, well, Darcy's only 10 minutes behind us. Do you mind waiting here so I can hop in her car for the rest of the drive? I still really want to go to the party, she asked. Uh, sure, I said back, mildly disappointed that she wouldn't ride back with me. I know I said I'd go to the party, but still. I really wasn't looking forward to making the 30-minute drive back alone in the dark. A few minutes later, Darcy's car pulled up and Paige jumped in. I watched as they pulled back down the highway towards the party. All right, Sadie, let's just get home, I said to myself. I turned back down the highway in the direction we came, just wanting to get home. I made it about 10 minutes when my gaslight pinged on, low fuel. Ugh, I said to myself. It's one thing to run out of gas in broad daylight, but it's another to run out while you're down a desolate highway with no one around, in the dark. I knew I needed to turn off. I had a ways till I was home. A couple exits later, I saw a sign for a gas station. I didn't want to, but I had to pull off and refuel. I turned off and drove down a pitch black road until I spotted the gas station up on my left. And this place was nearly abandoned. The station had four pumps and no one else around. I quickly parked, fueled up enough to get me home, and then I had to pay. See cashier for payment, the screen flashed. I winced as I looked inside to see a lone cashier at the window staring at me. I grabbed a 20 out of my purse and ran inside. I handed him a 20 and ran back to my car, jumped inside and pulled back onto the road. Quite honestly, I was relieved. I pulled back onto the highway, turned on some music when suddenly I heard the faintest sound coming from the back seat. I turned on the music, but it stopped. Maybe it was just the song, I thought to myself. I turned the music back on and a few miles later, I was finally beginning to see city lights again. Back to civilization, hallelujah. But a few minutes later, again. This time, I knew what I heard. It sounded like someone was in the backseat of my car. I turned down the music, my heart racing, when I heard him. I sat frozen in fear as I remembered that I didn't lock my car doors when I was in that gas station. My entire body locked up. I had no idea what to do as I was still driving. I quickly tried to think of a way to get out of the car when I spotted another exit for a McDonald's. I was too petrified to even turn on the car light and look behind. The next few seconds were a blur as I gripped the steering wheel, pulled off the highway, and flew into the parking lot. I threw the car in park and was unbuckling my seatbelt when I felt his hand. It crept up and grabbed my right shoulder. My eyes darted up to see a crazed 40-something-year-old man looking at me through the rearview mirror. I jerked away and shook off his hand as I fell out of the car, jumped up, and ran into the McDonald's screaming for help. A few minutes later, police pulled into the parking lot. They searched my car and found one of the back doors wide open. That man was obviously gone. My parents immediately drove over and I nearly collapsed in their arms when they got there. Police said he couldn't have gotten far and they'd keep an eye out for him. My parents and I drove back home that night and I barely got any sleep. The next morning, my parents got a call from the police saying that they caught that man. They found him wandering down a back road a few miles from that McDonald's. I was relieved when they caught him. Police said that he was a local in the area that lived on a farm with his mother. 
He was clinically insane and had a history of peeping in people's windows. But this was the first time that he had actually gotten in someone's car, or at least the first time he had ever been caught. What did we learn here? A. Avoid friends like Paige. They aren't your friends. B. Always, always lock your doors. Our final story comes to us from a viewer. This story will beg the question, when someone passes on, are they really gone? This is the bell. Hi, Avery. I've been wanting to write to you since I first found you on TikTok and listened to all your podcasts and YouTube. I think I have found someone, you, who may understand my story. I have never told anyone this, and quite frankly, it's okay if you don't believe me, as I know my family and friends would put me in a loony bin if they were aware of what I have experienced the last seven years, four months, and 23 days. I know you're wondering why I have such an exact time. Maybe my story will explain. I'm 52 years old, and I met the most amazing, loving man when I was 42. We dated for about a year and then decided to get married. I think when you're older, you just know if you've met that special person. We did such wonderful, simple activities because we just love being together. Our first year of marriage was like a dream. And during it, one thing stands out. One evening, we sat down and watched the movie Ghost. You know, the one with Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze. We joked around that if that happened to us, he would come back and visit me, protect me, and continue to love me. I laughed, and I left it at that, never imagining a day I'd have to spend without him. The days went by and we continued to enjoy each other. One day, it was just a regular day. He was getting ready for work and I heard the shower on, but didn't hear his usual whistling and humming that I so enjoyed. A few minutes passed and I heard the shower was still on, but I couldn't hear him. I called his name, no answer. And then tried opening the door, but it wouldn't budge. Something was blocking it. I kept pushing, eventually getting it to open, just a bit, and saw the top of his head. I screamed and pushed harder and found my love was gone. A heart attack. I was devastated. I couldn't believe I had such a short time with him. It was so unfair. Went through the funeral and started living my life alone, again. So how does someone continue to live knowing I had something so beautiful that may just come once a lifetime? I wrapped his shirts around my pillows so I could still smell them. I did not move a thing from our house that belonged to him. It stayed where he had put it, and that made me feel better that he was still there. A few weeks after the funeral, I remember one day I was cleaning up doing some dishes in the kitchen, and I heard that special bell ring. And by that, I mean my love worked in our basement. He worked as a carpenter in his off time and had a doorbell installed by the garage when delivery people would come by. The strange thing is, I disconnected that doorbell several days after the funeral, but I just heard the bell go off in the basement. I ran downstairs to just darkness. I stood there for a second. Then the bell went off again. I ran over and double-checked the bell. There was no electricity going to it. This wasn't possible. Was it? I cried out, Is it you? I then broke down in tears, just wanting him to say, Yes, it's me. I'm still here. I then suddenly heard something upstairs. Someone walking down our hallway to the bedrooms. Not heavy shoe-wearing feet, but someone who was wearing slippers, like he did. I ran upstairs, looked down the hallway, checked the bedrooms. Nothing. But I know I heard it. I'm not crazy, I said to myself as I sat in the living room chair. 
The next day, I was in the front room when I heard a faint whistle and humming coming from the bedroom. I slowly walked down the hall. Please let me see him. Just one more time, I said. As soon as I got to the bedroom door, the sweet sound of his voice slowly faded into silence. You see, I've been living with these sounds for the past seven years, four months, and 23 days. I believe my husband has been haunting me since he passed away. I'm telling you this because I don't believe anyone would believe me. When I have friends and family over, he never makes a sound. He saves that just for me. I believe that when we laugh through the movie Ghost, he meant what he said. Some of the other ways that he shows me he's here is I have a rocking chair in my guest bedroom that belonged to his side of the family. I never paid much attention to it, but it will just start rocking on its own without any air blowing on it or anyone around. It brings me comfort as I know this is him. I will talk to him throughout the day, tell him the things that I'm going to do. After that, the lights will flicker in a lamp, like he's saying, okay, see you when you get back. I also have smelled his cologne when I'm in the car driving. I know you think, well, sure, he's been in that car, but no. This is a brand new car I got three years ago, and his cologne is something unusual. He got it when he was in Europe while on a work trip. It was specially made cologne just for him made by a master perfumer in Paris. And believe me, I have thought long and hard about telling someone about these events that led me to believe that my husband is still here with me every day. He does not come and go. He is here. There are times when I am out at dinner, when I'm alone, I can feel him brush past me, maybe even sit next to me while we're out. I know this sounds really unbelievable, but I swear it is true. At night, I feel him next to me as we watch TV. When I make dinner, he is there with me. I see that he's been in the kitchen because chairs are not pushed in the way that I like them. Cabinet doors are left open in the bathroom. When I know I have closed them, doors will move by themselves very slowly. He was such a loving man, I don't think he wants to leave me, so he's staying with me until, well, I don't know. What I do know is that I will not sell the house. Friends of mine encourage me to find another place, start new but I could never. It would be like losing him all over again, and that is too painful to bear. I believe that love can continue to cross from life to death. Have you heard anyone else with this type of haunting before, or is it just me? This viewer wishes to remain anonymous, but I would like to say, no, I don't think you're alone, and no, you're not crazy. I too believe that love can continue on from life to beyond. How could it not? If you've had an experience like this or any kind of event that has left you with chills, I want to hear. Submit your stories to the address provided in the show notes. And remember, if you want, you can always remain anonymous. But your story deserves to be heard. Until next episode, friends, stay curious.